ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive. Elmore deep, left side three, and With Paul Swan. Welcome in to the Friday, June 26th edition of the show. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program this hour by calling the Miller Lite phone lines, 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. Miller Lite hold true. Great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. You can find me on Twitter, at Paul Swan. And, of course, the show's on Facebook by searching The Drive with Paul Swan. we got a lot to get into this afternoon. And uh, we're going to go across the spectrum of sports I'm going to try to keep a lot of it in Conference USA. And, of course, we've got really, I think, the biggest college football story, or at least not from a pure football standing, but more of a college athletics realignment story. It continues today. We all know UConn's no longer going to be a member of the American Athletic Conference, and that's going to be effective after the 2019-2020 sports season. Well, we've got the deals today. we got the details. The Big East and the AAC, they have been two parts of UConn's history. UConn decided they wanted to get back into more traditional Big East minus the football. So they're going to be Big East bound. And here are the terms that UConn has agreed to with the AAC. UConn is going to pay the AAC a total of $17 million by the year 2026. Now, they're going to pay a lot of that up front. Not just going to have a payment plan, here you go. They're going to pay a large chunk of that that's going to be up front over the next couple of years, and then they're going to pay down the rest. Now, of course, this agreement comes after the remaining American Athletic Conference members voted to terminate UConn's membership with the AAC beginning July 1st, 2020. Of course, you got to do that. That's more of a paperwork deal. And you're seeing a situation here where UConn thinks $17 million? Here you go. We're going to give you that. We're going to get out of this deal because, honestly, it's going to cost us more to stay in the AAC than it is to leave. Football is going to be an afterthought at UConn. They're not going to say that. They're going to play... They're going to try to schedule. I get it. They're going to put on a good front. But let's be honest, this is not a football maneuver. This was made with every other sport and basketball in mind. Cost $17 million. So now they're figuring out what they're going to do with football. As an FBS independent, you've basically said, we surrender. We surrender. Because they're going to have to put a schedule together. What kind of schedule can they put together? Are they going to be America's guest? That's what it feels like. Now I know we're going over some some ground we've gone over, but 17 million and Yukon's sure. Here it is. We're getting out of this thing. And you know that it was a hot topic for a while. Which team should the AAC go after? Where should the next member be to bring up the numbers? Where should the AAC go? And some of the teams that were mentioned, 
I mean, Marshall was even in the conversation. Some people brought Marshall up. Southern Miss was in the conversation. And that reminds me. There was a Freedom of Information Act request sent in to several schools. SB Nations, Matt Brown was the one sending it out. Just kind of curious to see what kind of uh, pitches were out there, what schools were trying to do. And he said on his social media account that he sent out about 10. Hasn't got most of them back, but he did get a couple back. And the first to respond were Southern Miss, and he also threw something out from Georgia State and didn't get anything back. Basically, they didn't have documents to send him. So whatever he requested, they could not provide. So either Southern Miss didn't have documentation, and it was more of a, hey, we're interested, you're interested. Does a napkin count these days? You know, you write a, a number on a napkin, you, you hand the napkin over across the table, and they look at the napkin, and they, they kind of nod. I mean, I mean, can you Freedom of Information act that, a napkin? You've seen that in movies all the time. You know when you're negotiating a price, and it's just write a number on a napkin, you hand it over, you just slide it over? That's sort of how my paycheck is determined sometimes. Mike writes a number on the napkin, slides it over, and I go, no, and he's like, well, it doesn't matter, so that's what you're, you're getting paid. Well, okay, maybe it's not like that. But So Southern Miss, nothing they can produce to send. doesn't matter anyway because, well, AAC is not looking to expand membership. They're going to remain with 11 football members beginning in 2020. Why? One, they don't see anybody out there that's going to add immediate value to the conference. Two, they got to share the money. Sharing the money. Split that pie up a little differently. 11 football members. And if the deal's close to the same, if it's close to the same, you might get a little bump in your in your paycheck from the conference. I mean, you're not going to make Power 5 money, but you're making... You're not making Power 6 money either, but you're making money. You're making more money than the MAC. You're making more money than the Sun Belt. You're making more money than Conference USA. You're making more money. I still think the contract is going to get hit a little bit. I, I could be wrong. Basketball-wise, UConn's still UConn. They might not be UConn of a couple of years ago, but UConn's still UConn. And UConn wants to be UConn of a few years ago. UConn wants to be UConn, whatever that means in this day and age when it comes to basketball. And you know, a lot of it is also they were getting hurt as far as recruiting. Recruiting was hurting them. They're going to be on the Big East network. Of, of TV deals, they're going to be playing against teams that they're able to put UConn right back in front and center. Basically, they're going back to their recruiting grounds, and they're going to play against teams that are in their recruiting grounds. And football is just too costly. So what do you do? Sometimes the school decides, hey, look, football is just not worth it. We can be so much more in so many other avenues. Imagine this, and I'm not saying this is what should have happened, but imagine this. What if Marshall had decided, okay, football, we can't do this anymore. We can't do this. We're going to put it all in basketball and the other sports. We're going to become a a school that focuses on these sports, and the revenue might be different. It might not be. It might be less expensive to run the athletic department. It might have been able to make the basketball program a major player. Maybe not. 
But imagine if Marshall would have done that. Just decided we're giving up football. And put it all towards the other sports. Well, that's what UConn's doing. Even though they're still going to field a football team, they're pretty much decided we're going 17 million, not a problem. Here it is. We're done. We'll still have a football team, but we're going to go play Big East basketball. We're going to play Big East sports. We're a Big East team. When we continue with today's show, you know, Brett Stockstill is not gone. He is not left. He's just going to be in different team colors. He's not gone, but he's going to be on a different sideline. When we continue, we'll talk about that and more. You're listening to The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. If you can't listen live, you can also listen on demand by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Search The Drive with Paul Swan. Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Be a part of the program. All you have to do is hit us up on the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Miller Lite holds true great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Well, I thought he was gone. I was happy he was gone. Thank you for an outstanding career in Conference USA. You were fun to watch, even though sometimes I didn't enjoy it. But you were fun to watch. Hope you have a nice life, wherever it is, not in Conference USA. But no, Brent Stock still is not going anywhere. Okay, he is going somewhere, but it's not where you think he's going to be. He's going to be in different team colors. That's right. Guess what? Brent Stock still has been hired by FAU, and that's right. FAU, the lane train, continues to put together an interesting staff. He's going to be the new offensive personnel assistant this month. Offensive player personnel assistant. Guess what that means? It's a made-up title? I guess he's going to help out with court. Well, if you're going to grip, you're going to bring Brent Stockstill in, you're going to be Brent Stockstill into your team. It's got to be quarterbacks, right? I mean, here's a guy who really was one of the best quarterbacks to come out of Conference USA of recent memory, and you know, Middle Tennessee did beat the herd. Just want to remind you, he did beat the herd, and so now I'm kind of intrigued by this. FAU and Middle Tennessee, I can't wait to watch that game because they're going to play each other, Middle and FAU, October 12th, MTSU on the road. So now you're going to have father on one side, son on the other, and that's happened before. That's happened before in, in professional sports. That's happened before in college. But now... FAU, Middle Tennessee, just a little extra fun there. I'm kind of curious to see what this means for FAU as far as you've got a guy who has been a quarterback in the league for a long time. And now he's able to immediately pass that knowledge back on to FAU. Now, FAU's been around the block a few times, so it's not as if 
you can throw something new at them, and they can't deal with it. But you got a guy who recently played. There are going to be some guys on the FAU roster that know him intimately, know what he's capable of, know what he's about. So they'll be able to pick his brain, listen to him. He was a really solid player in Conference USA. He's going to have that respect. I would think he'd have that respect. I mean, what he did, I mean, you won the Conference USA East Division title 2018, right? Right? That's, that's pretty good. I mean, that was pretty solid. You got a guy who was first-team All-Conference USA quarterback, conference MVP. So if I've got an opportunity to work with that guy in Conference USA, yeah, I think you you got to be excited about that. you got to go, hey, this guy's seen it, done it. He can immediately tell me, help me, help us do better because he's been against FAU. And that's the fun thing about this. He's played against FAU. So now he gets to play, well, on the coaching side anyway, he gets to play coach, be a coach. And he gets to go up against his father, go up against everyone else in Conference USA. So he's going to have some serious familiarity. And you know what? Kiffin likes to do this for some reason. He likes hiring coaches' sons. Keep it in the family, right? Keep keep guys that are family guys in the profession. Charlie Weiss Jr., who's the Owls quarterback coach and offensive coordinator. Clint Trickett, longtime FSU assistant Rick Trickett's son, handles the tight ends. Now you got Brent Stock still. Maybe he's looking to get into the coaching ranks like his father, be a head coach one day. What's the best way to do that? Somewhere else, not necessarily with your father. So I thought that was pretty cool to see him. He's going to be back in the league. But I wanted him gone. I wanted that guy gone. It's like a few players from certain teams, I want him gone. Remember Giddy Potts? I wanted him gone. I didn't get a chance to do it. I'm still not sure he's gone. I was going to walk him across the graduation platform. I was actually just going to walk him across, or I was going to be on the other side with his graduation gift just to make sure he got his diploma and he was out of there. And I'm sure there are a lot of people who were that way with John Elmore. Like, okay, we're going to be there on graduation day. We're going to see him walk across that stage because we want to make sure he's gone. He's out of here. Speaking of John Elmore, if you missed our interview uh, we had with him, you can go back and catch that on the podcast. All you have to do is subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. And he talks about his um, going into professional basketball, playing in Italy. So if you missed any part of that interview we had John a couple of days ago, you can go catch that right now on the podcast. Apple Podcast, also Stitcher Radio, tune in. Wherever you get your podcast, you can go subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan. So FAU pick to um, be a contender and there's a good reason why they're led by Lane Kiffin I think people are giving them FIU Marshall a lot of credit I think that's fair and speaking of Middle Tennessee since we're talking about Middle Tennessee I wanted to take a look at what Middle Tennessee 
at least what their media thinks of the upcoming schedule. I mean, we'll do this eventually ourselves. We'll break it down a little bit. We'll have some fun with it. But they're taking a look, at least the Murfreesboro Daily News Journal. They took a look at all of the scheduled games at home. What's the home schedule look like? What does it look like if you're going to rank them? And Marshall, out of their six games, ranked third. Now, I'll set up what the schedule looks like first, and then we'll swing back and pick up Marshall. They picked Tennessee State sixth. So out of the six games that are going to be played at Middle Tennessee this year, that's the sixth. They ranked the Rice game fifth. They picked the Old Dominion game fourth. And then they picked the Marshall game third. Duke ranks second. And then FIU ranks first. So they picked FIU as the strongest team coming in. They picked Duke, the second strongest team coming in, and they picked Marshall third. They ranked that game the third. Third best game, third toughest game. Well, it's not six, I can say that, but here's what they said about this. And again, this is just the Murfreesboro Daily News Journal having some fun talking about teams coming in. Got to have something to read if you print a newspaper every day. Marshall leads the series 5-3, they said, but since 2013... The two have split six games. MTSU came into Huntington last year and beat Marshall 34-24. So they got a little swagger about them, about the herd. They're saying, look, you're not the toughest. You're, you're tough. You're not the toughest. You're tough, though. And they got Duke second. You ever think to yourself that it would be uh, Duke considered tougher than Marshall? When it came to a, a team's schedule, let's say they had Marshall and Duke on the schedule. Did you ever think you'd have a, a time where that was actually a possibility? And I think that's a testament to Duke because, again, Duke's a basketball school. They've really done something with that football program. So I'm not even ticked off about that. If, if you're a Herd fan, yeah, maybe you are, but I wouldn't, be ticked, I wouldn't really be ticked off against this because, again, uh, you're talking an AAC opponent. I'm sorry, an ACC opponent. Apologies, apologies, ACC opponent. And MTSU hasn't had that much success against ACC opponents. They did beat Georgia Tech in 2012. They did beat Syracuse in 2017. Georgia Tech game probably means a little bit more in my mind than that Syracuse game. But still, MTSU hasn't won very often against AAC Big boy football, which is called the ACC. See, that's what happens. That's what happens when you, you get these acronyms. FIU, though. So they're saying, I think if you're looking for where some of the media consensus was going, you look at MTSU and their media, and they're probably leaning FIU a little bit more. At least if you go by the Murfreesboro Daily News Journal, and I'll say this. It's probably a coin toss. MTSU's had the advantage, but I don't think that really means anything. Because you can look at schedules. You can look at the winning, losing. You can look at all this, and it really means nothing. Because let's look at this. Marshall has a 14-5 record against VMI. So historically... Marshall has been successful against VMI. I think that means something. 
Boise State, not enough of a sample size, 0-1. Ohio, Marshall has been successful, you know, over a recent span of games. Not immediate, but a longer recent span since they got back in the MAC before they left again. But Ohio leads that series 20, 33, and 6. It's a competitive series. Bobcats still have the advantage there. Cincinnati, Marshall's had some recent success against Cincinnati, but the record is 4 8 1 against Cincinnati. So, of Marshall's 12 opponents this year, Marshall has a losing record against three of them. And they're tied with Louisiana Tech one game apiece. Middle Tennessee, Marshall has a 5-3 record against Middle Tennessee. But as we pointed out, they've split several games as of late. Old Dominion, 4-1 record. Florida Atlantic got a 5-1 record there. So for the most part, Marshall has, except for a stumble here or there, been successful against Old Dominion, against Florida Atlantic. Western Kentucky, 6-4 in favor of the Herd, but that's been a back-and-forth battle. Two-game lead, again, not large enough sample to really say one team has exerted itself over the other. Not really a dominant team. And then Rice, 4-2. Four wins, two losses, and Marshall's got a winning record against them. Charlotte, Marshall's got a 3-1 record. Remember that loss. Oh, do we remember that loss. And then Marshall's got a 5-2 record against FIU. Historically, Marshall's had success against these teams, but it's a short period of time. And Middle Tennessee probably feels that, look, 5-3, and three, that don't mean anything because we've been a lot more competitive with you since uh, we started playing again. Or at least that's what they're feeling. So I can see why they would pick Marshall. Eh, third, all the six teams coming in, third's okay. You get the win, that doesn't matter. We can look at these lists all day. You get that win, it does not matter. All right, when we come back from break, how much, and I mean this, uh, I mean this, how much would you pay to keep a marquee team in Conference USA? Serious, how much would you pay? There's that one team. Let's just say if Marshall was going to leave Conference USA, or better yet, let's walk it back a little bit. What if Marshall was going to leave the MAC? They wanted to leave the MAC, go to Conference USA, and then the MAC came back and said, "Wait a minute, you're a big part of what we're doing here. We're going to have some big things happening. We think we can be successful without you, but at the same time, we want to be successful with you. We understand you're going to look at Conference USA because you can make some more money there. That's great. We understand, but we got a deal for you." And this is a conference, maybe. I don't think maybe the schools were making this deal. The conference is making this deal. The conference says, we got a deal for you. We're going to make you an offer that you should actually look at and keep you here in the fold. What if that would have happened to Marshall? Marshall within the MAC. What do you think? You think Marshall football is a little bit more successful? You think Marshall football is considered a one of the elite teams of the group of five, if they stayed in the MAC and had more success in the Mid-American Conference and built from that success instead of what felt like a rebuild in Conference USA? What do you think? Well, we can't answer that question, but we can answer this. How much is Boise State worth? The Mountain West put a number on that, and we'll talk about it when we continue with today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 
You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You can follow us on social media. It's real simple. All you have to do is be on Twitter. I'm at Paul Swan. And if you're on Facebook, you can search The Drive with Paul Swan. You can follow the show there. We post podcasts. Sometimes we give you a heads up who's going to be on the show. When we know, you know. All you have to do is follow us on social media. Again, I'm at Paul Swan. Also, the show on Facebook by searching The Drive with Paul Swan. So, remember when Marshall was looking at Conference USA and thinking, hey, this is going to be a better deal for the school. This is going to be where we're going to be at. And Conference USA, of course, was a different beast back then. There were some teams that were in that Conference USA that were no longer in that Conference USA when Marshall got there. That's right. Uh, There were no Cincinnati Bearcats there. There were no Louisville Cardinals. There were a few teams, but some of the good teams left. So what if Marshall was about ready to get into Conference USA, and then the Mid-American Conference came back and said, look, don't go. And I'm not talking the schools. I'm talking the conference, the deal that the conference made. And maybe the schools had to be a part of this. But the conference says, look, we know that you're going to get a little bit more money over there in Conference USA, but what if we, we give you your normal cut? You get your normal cut from the Mid-American Conference, then we're going to give you another cut. We're going to give you an extra cut. You're going to get the Marshall cut. That's right. You're going to get your very own cut, the Marshall cut. And then what's left of the money, then you'll get your equal share of that cut. So you'll get your MAC cut, and then just because we care, you get the Marshall cut. And you work a few other deals out. Because at that time, Marshall was the marquee school in the Mid-American Conference. Marshall was the reason why the Mid-American Conference was back in a more prominent place. Marshall was the reason why that other schools in Conference USA coveted Marshall from the MAC, And Marshall was the reason why that schools in the MAC had to basically step up their game, in which they have. The MAC is a different place today than it was, even in my mind, when Marshall was a member. The TV contract a little wonky, but all right, let's play football on Tuesday. Hey, I wouldn't care. Let's go play some football on Tuesday. Tuesday night herd football. Who's ready on three? Yay, three. Yeah, okay. I understand. I get what you're feeling. But would that have made a difference if say, instead of leaving Conference USA, Marshall gets a little bit more money, stays in the MAC, MAC starts to, to do its thing, Conference USA starts to fall apart, and the end you're going, dodge that bullet, and we're getting a little extra cut here. Well, the Mountain West, they didn't want to lose Boise State. Boise State was going to join the Big East, the old Big East, and got the new Big East, old Big East, but they're going to join the Big East. Play some football in the Big East, and you know what the Mountain West did? Mountain West said, Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Before you go, we are going to give you some more money. You're going to get an extra slice of the media rights. That's right. You stick around, we're going to give you the Boise State slice. 
and then we're going to take our, you're going to get your piece first. It's like coming to the buffet, or better yet, it's like here's the pie. It's fresh from the oven, homemade pie. Here it is. It's beautiful, beautiful pie. It's a, maybe it's an, a cherry pie. Maybe it's apple. It's lattice. Maybe it's blueberry. You know what? Because it's Boise State and that damn blue turf, it's blueberry. Here it is. Big. We're all going to have a piece. Yeah, we're going to share with you, but you're going to cut your big piece of that pie first. We're going to put, and then we're going to cut that pie up equally between the rest of us, and you're going to get another piece of that. You're going to get to come back for seconds. And we'll even throw some whipped cream on it. You know what? You want some uh, Cool Whip? We'll throw that on there, too. That's pretty much the deal here because the Mountain West is paying $2.9 million. That's right. The current deal has Boise State getting an additional $1.8 million per year, and then they get an equal portion of the rest of the television money. And that's going to figure out to about $1.1 million for each of the 11 full-time members. Sorry, Hawaii, you do not get TV money. Thanks for playing. That means $2.9 million roughly this, com- this year. Uh, that is compared to $1.1 million for the rest of the league. So what if I'm sitting here and say I'm, I don't know, let's pick a school here. Let's, let's say, say I'm Rice. I'm getting my slice of the pie, but... I'm hungry. I'm looking over there, and I see I see Marshall. Marshall's just getting more of that pie. Wait, wait, wait a minute. That's not fair. Well, that's what it is today in the Mountain West. And Craig Thompson, commissioner, he said at the media days this week, you know, we've talked about this. This is the deal. We've talked to this probably more than when the deal was made. This is the deal. Now, they're renegotiating the contract right now as far as the TV deals. Mountain West has ESPN and CBS Sports. Those are going to expire, and they're being negotiated right now. They don't know how much, um, as far as the insiders who follow this, don't know how much this could really grow into or what it could become. But when TV contracts are up and when these deals are getting negotiated, guess what? Uh, Other schools kind of, kind of, Kind of grumble a little bit. Because think of it this way. You're sitting here. You're in the same conference as everybody else. And so everybody gets an equal share of the spoils. That's right. The conference brings in this type of money, X amount of dollars. that come in, and depending on your, your deal, so say you're fully... Vested member now. You're a full member now. You didn't have to uh, deal with uh, paying to get in. You're not a new member working your way up to that point where you get the equal share. You're you're all in. All for one, one for all. And here it is. Here's the deal. Everybody gets the same piece. All right, that's fair. It's the same product. Game one to game seven. Some games are going to be better. Some games are going to be not so good. It's revenue sharing of the media deal because it doesn't matter if one team's on TV a little bit more than the other. Everybody gets a piece. Well, not the case with the Mountain West because now it's Boise State and the rest of you. 
Now, this isn't based on performance. Even though Boise State's been one of the elite teams in the Mountain West, it's not based on bowl success, win or loss, ratings. It's based on the perceived notion that this conference is better with Boise State. And so to keep this conference relevant, you're paying Boise State more. So here's the deal that they took to not only stay in the Mountain West, but to negate what they potentially could have gotten if they would have left. And that's got to be upsetting when you're in this conference because let's say this deal was offered to Marshall. Marshall gets this deal, and now Marshall, they're getting a little bit more of the TV money, so there's a perceived notion that, okay, maybe it's Marshall and the rest of us. Either in the MAC, this could have happened in the MAC. Definitely not happening in Conference USA if you've seen the TV deal. There's just not enough money to make this happen. But what if this deal happened, though? And if you're Marshall, you're like, yeah, we bring more value to this conference. We bring more value. This conference is bigger and better because of Marshall. And that's sort of how this comes off. Is the Mountain West is because Boise allows it. Boise has made this conference Boise has come back, didn't leave. This thing did not fall apart. So thanks for thanks for coming back, Boise, and saving us. That's kind of how it feels. I mean, it could be a situation where the league knew, just knew, that if Boise's gone, TV money's not going to be the same. And so with Boise in the league, all of a sudden, we're sitting here thinking, all right, they're worth it because we wouldn't even have this. We wouldn't have this if it wasn't for Boise. And, you know, Boise brings in a little extra cash now and then, you know, if they make an access bowl, if they get into the big money, and then that's just more money coming into the conference. But media rights, Boise's getting a little bit more for their time and their effort. And I know what you're thinking. Man, it would have been nice if the Mid-American Conference would have just treated Marshall a little bit better. You're losing money. You're in a situation at the time where you were losing money. You're Marshall. You're going to bowl games. You're losing money. And to Conference USA's credit, Conference USA is not flush with the cash, but they at least try to make sure that the membership isn't suffering, isn't taking a major hit here for what they do in the Bulls. Is it a good deal? Well, it's a good deal for Boise, that's for sure. But would you have taken this deal? Mac comes in and says, look, we're going to pay you extra. You stay in the Mac. I mean, maybe the Mac would have been a better conference. Maybe Marshall would have continued its success and not had that, uh, that bump in the road. Maybe Marshall would have been able to build the program faster, become a more national program than it is now? Who knows? But all I know is this. Uh, Boise State's getting $2.9 million because they decided they would stay in the Mountain West, and everybody else, you do okay with your $1.1 million. More on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. with Paul.
Juan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you can always subscribe to the podcast. That's right, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 on demand. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts and search The Drive with Paul Swan or wherever you get your podcast. Before we call it a day, we've got one bit of recruiting news to talk about. Twitter, the worldwide platform for kids and college football recruiting announcements. You got one today for Marshall. Kieran Martin, Capital High School. You know, if you've been following him, he's pretty versatile. He goes both ways. He's wide receiver. He's a defensive back. He's six foot two inches, 200 pound. Two-star recruit rivals in 24-7 sports have got him listed as a two-star. Well, he made it official on Twitter a little bit earlier today. Carrion said that he is 100% committed to Marshall University. So uh, I'm going to go carry-on, carry-on Martin, either carry-on or carry-on. I've not uh, had that many opportunities to, to, to pronounce that kid's name. So carry-on Martin. He takes the Twitter today, and he announces that he is 100% committed to Marshall University in a tweet that he made, and he, of course, uh, tagged uh, Doc Holliday and Coach Brad Lambert and uh, a few others as well. So there you go. There's your recruiting news today. Thundering Herd getting back to camp here and what, what are we, a week or so? Are we about a week? I think we are a week. I think it's uh, – I'm thinking Friday camp. It's either the first or the second. I, I got to double check that, but it doesn't matter. It's coming up. It's completely coming up. So we've got camp coming up here in the next few days. Marshall football getting back to business, and we'll be getting back to our usual Mondays with Doc Holiday and uh, throughout the rest of the week. So uh, we're hitting the grind real soon. I'm going to thank our producer, Gabriel Sellers. Appreciate him for being a part of the program today. For everyone here at Kendrick Communications, have a great weekend. I'm Paul Swan. You've been listening to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Good night, everyone. Flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.